welcome back to the Slutpreneur Podcast. You're listening to two sluts who like to make money. I'm Anna D, the professional goddess, here to give you a sneak peek inside my life as a girl boss, mentor, retired cam girl and stripper, viral TikToker, and top performing OnlyFans creator. I share the ups and downs of running my multi-million dollar businesses and the fucked up road to riches. And I'm Liz, the other brain behind the professional goddess and the bitch that keeps shit running. Get ready to hear about all the behind the scene moments at the mothership, what it's really like to work with the professional goddess, and just exactly how we turn out viral content that leaves you throbbing. So come take a peek inside our pleasure chest of everything sexy, slutty, and business for our hustle and honeys. So whether you're a beginner slut or a retired hoe, or just a bad bitch here for the tea, we've got something for you. And after a decade of experience creating a female-ran empire, and all the lessons learned climbing up the corporate ladder, we welcome you on our journey to the slutty path to success. So grab your notes, put on your crown, and And let's let's get get down down to fucking fucking business. Queen Dama, she's back. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much for having me back on. Oh my god. I if we lived closer together, it would uh it'd be a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so happy you have already kind of gotten to know the new co-host, Miss Liz. So she's gonna be tag teaming you today with me. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> we are so invested with what your, I guess, retirement plan. Yeah, the whole, the story, how you knew it was the right time. And we also want to just mention like through the episodes we've shared together through your panty selling podcast, through all your endeavors, it, I just want to lay out so much gratitude to what you've done for the community, what you've done for your life, our life, even the ones who aren't in sex work. I mean, we, we just, there's constantly information that that they can get from you or relay from your podcast, and it's just been a huge resource to anyone in the industry or needs transferable skills to their industry. So thank you for laying down a legacy for us and giving our listeners a little a little treat before you go off to you leave us. <laughs> yeah, it feels kind of weird saying retiring because obviously. You know, I think a lot of people in this industry have a very short time and it. it's not like your typical career where you're doing something for 10 or 20 years. Like it's like, you know, dog years sort of thing. Like <laughs> one year feels like five years. And so I started at the very end of 2018. And, you know, here we are 2022. It's not really a huge amount of time. So it feels mm. kind of strange saying retiring, but I mean, you know what I mean when I say that? It's like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore again, ever, ever. Um, You know, never say never, but it's pretty much a solid 99%. I'm not going to return to this space. So yeah, retirement is probably the most appropriate word, but it's kind of, I feel like a geriatric because I'm like retiring off into my, my sunset years, you know, like as if I'm about to to die or something, obviously not, but yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And I've always been really into all different aspects of this work. And a lot of it is easily transferable into so many different online industries if you like um Mm -hmm. and so you know that's something that I echo that other people say as well these skills that you're learning um you know because you mentioned customer service in your story yesterday um like that's a big part of it and that's something that you learn in this industry in a completely weird fucked up way but you know it translates and so anybody that's been doing this whether it's for you know five months or five years will be able to take things from it into whatever new things they decide to do. So I I love that you said it's dog years, because even when I was a stripper for a short time, I still retired, even though I continued into sex work, but I claim to be a retired stripper because even if it's a year or 10 years, you deserve the title of being in that space and committing to something that a lot of people deem not okay. And also speaking on all the skills that you learn through that time that you can take into more of the 
the um what world would you call it? the pg world or the, the normal world the the corporate <laughs> the the regular world the vanilla world <laughs> um so speaking of that it's really interesting with customer service cuz uh, liz commented a lot in our customer service episode about just talking you know to the regulars through email but yes. all of a sudden yesterday she sold her first pair of socks Wow, I did. And her and her customer service DMs were immaculate. I was almost Thank in you. the warehouse crying. It was so good. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, holy shit. She obviously transitioned that into her first one thanks to, you know, all of all of her experience. And then I thought, oh God, is is she a sex worker now? Is she, is she in the community? And we're about to talk about retirement. Like, do we need to have a sit down with Elizabeth and have Mama Dalma share what she's in for. And Tell me all the wisdom. Yeah. So I, I wondered your thoughts about that because it literally happened yesterday. Making a damn $100 sale in here in five minutes. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. Well done. Um, yeah. Well, that I mean, that brings up an interesting point because I did a podcast a long time ago now. Just sort of having that conversation about are you a sex worker and I think I want to just delineate obviously there's online sex work and there's in-person sex work and those are obviously very different things but the reason that I had that conversation on my podcast was because a lot of people would not classify themselves in that area so people that are online selling socks or panties or whatever would still not deem themselves as online sex workers and so I mean not that it really matters you know it's up to you how you want to define yourself but it's an interesting question like is that what I'm doing you know is that who I am because when I started I wouldn't have classified myself as that I just considered myself to be doing something a little bit, you know, different or weird or, you know, this seems like a good laugh or a way to make money. But I never classified myself as an online sex worker until much later when I was in my community and having these conversations and going, oh, yeah, that is kind of what I am. That is what I'm doing. What does that mean? And all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's it's interesting just even from that perspective, how you define what it is you're doing. And at what point do you become officially an online sex worker? Um, and that's the other thing that I mentioned in my podcast as well, is that I'm classing myself as someone that's retiring. But many women come into this work and then bow out very, very quickly because they realize it's not for them. I wouldn't classify that as retiring. You know, if you've, if you've been doing it for say like a few weeks or even like two or three months and then you leave, that's, I'm, I'm not trying to make a big deal out of it. Like, oh, you're an official sex worker and oh, you're not. It's just people, there's all kinds of like weird boundaries around how people classify what they're doing and what that means, you know, to them sort of thing. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that. I, I think that's a really great point that we, I think we've touched on it lightly before, but the, the definition on Google is plainly sex workers are adults who receive money or goods in exchange for consensual sexual services or erotic performance performances regularly or occasionally. So mm-hmm. some people might think that the socks you sold were not erotic mm-hmm. in your mind. So for them, it, it's, it, it was makes, erotic in his mind. Yes. I'll tell you that. So it's like, who <laughs> determines if it's erotic? Cause that's kind of a subject to interpretation. Mm-hmm. Also, I was ashamed to say sex worker as a stripper. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm a, an exotic dancer, you know, and then again, being in the community down the road, I'm like, oh, shit, this is empowering. This is work. Now I have an army of sluts behind me who are okay with being sex workers. So. Yeah, it's, it's not this negative concept that we've all just been perpetuated to think it is. So how, what do you think you're... Uh... Um, I don't know. To be honest, <laughs> I feel like the end answer will just be like whatever I feel like labeling it. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it was definitely, it was definitely clearly uh, erotic. <laughs> and I, I definitely, I took a little bit of a dominant side um, when he wanted some more stuff. I made him tell me what the photo I sent him like did for him. So it, it definitely wasn't a vanilla encounter. <laughs> she was a natural. <laughs> Thanks. <I know. laughs> Just flat out, let's say it. What I don't like. What triggered you to be like, I'm fucking done retiring for retirement? To be honest, and again, this is something that 
I talked about a lot on my podcast was that I would very regularly have notions that I wanted to quit that might be on the back of something happening, you know, where I just became really disenfranchised with like men (laughs) as a species or, you know, or something that happened to somebody or maybe, you know, it was my hormones were at play. And so I feel like there was a very regular sort of up and down of wanting to quit. Um, So I wouldn't rely on those feelings as such. But what happened was over time more recently, it became a very sort of heavy feeling. It became much more um, of a sort of sensation in my body where it was like, no, this isn't going away this time. It's not like an up and down thing. It's like a solid, I feel like I've reached the end of the line with this. Um, And then really just one morning I woke up and I was like, yeah, today's the day I'm just, I'm just going to pull the plug on it. And so that was, that was that. Um, So yeah, it's kind of a combination of, I'd thought about it a lot on and off. And then I had this longer period of, you know, not wanting to do it. And then I had this sort of like lightning moment in the morning where I was like, yeah, today's the day. So it's a kind of a weird feeling. But what I have said is, you know, if you notice that you have those feelings about quitting, don't do anything until it gets to the stage where that's a real consistent feeling and not just a you've had a bad day or you've not made a sale in a while or, you know, your hormones are fucking you up. Um, because you just want to be sure that you're making the right decision, especially for me, because I pulled the plug on my I Want Clips store that had you know, 180 items of content in it, you know, videos and and digital and and audio and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, if you make the wrong decision and you wake up and go, right, that's it, delete everything, I'm done, you know, and then the following week, you're like, shit, (laughs) like that was a lot of content that I've just got rid of completely. And now I've changed my mind. So you do want to be clear that this is the right decision for you. But also trust that when you have that feeling and it's just not going away, that you have to pay attention to that and follow, you know, your inner guidance. Gosh, that makes me think of when I was so fucking depressed and it was like I'd go through it every day and then it got to the point where it's like, okay, I need therapy. I need to see a psychiatrist. So you wake up one day and you know. Yeah. But with you removing all your clips. I mean, that's a lot of passive income. What did you consider just not making content anymore, but keeping your passive income? Yeah, well, with my I want clips, I would go through periods of making loads and loads of content. So I would hire, you know, Airbnbs, I would make the content. And then I would sort of almost burn myself out a little bit. And I think we talked about that in the last podcast. And then I would maybe take a break for a month or two and do nothing. Um, And then I would go back into it. So there was always that kind of on and off thing anyway. But then... um. September of last year, I had a really great month on I Want Clips. Um, You know, great for me. I made $3,000 in one month and that was fantastic. Um, Yeah, it was a a really good month. Um, And then I found that, again, I'd sort of gone through that kind of burnout feeling and I took a break. Um, And then, yeah, it, it was just a case of, well, I knew something was up when I could have a month like that, which is great. And I could replicate it because, you know, I knew what was working. Um, but I just still didn't feel drawn to do that. And and that's a real wake-up call. It's like, okay, so not even the money is making me want to do this anymore. Then, you know, I have to pay attention to that. So, yeah, like I said, it, it wasn't a case of, like, I just woke up one morning and went, right, delete the whole of I Want Clips. I woke up one morning and realized that what I had felt and thought in the run up to that was the right thing to do. And that was the day to do it. So yeah, and I knew as well, after I'd done it, and and it was deleted, I didn't feel any regret. I didn't feel like, oh, fuck, what have I done? And I still haven't to this day. And that's, you know, like a good, well, over a month ago now. So it was the right decision for me. And that and I know that. So once you woke up, and you you realized today's the day, I'm done. How did you prioritize some of the pieces of your exit strategy? Because I know at that point, it's 
It's the sites that you're on, pulling info down from them. It's clients that you've been working with. It, like where where did you prioritize your energy and what was kind of your your plan and your step through of, of just how you handled everything you needed to do once that decision was made? That's a really great question. So I, my journey personally in online sex work is I started out selling panties and worn items, if you like, and then took on digital content. But then I left my selling platforms and moved on to OnlyFans and focused on digital content and selling goods only to loyal customers that I had met on the platforms. But I, you know, I retired from the platform first. So then I was on OnlyFans and then I made the conscious decision to move from OnlyFans to I Want Clips because I preferred not being, you know, not being obligated to come up with content all the time. And so essentially, I've sort of transitioned to those different things. And so effectively, I had a different strategy for each of those. So for example, when I left the panty selling platforms, I made a big announcement, you know, I did a big advert saying I'm closing down, like now is your chance to buy everything from me kind of thing. But at that point, obviously, I already knew that I was migrating to OnlyFans. So it wasn't like I was leaving everything altogether. So I had that strategy for that. And then as I I talked about on my own um, podcast about retirement, the main difficulty or challenge with that was my G drive that I had been selling digital content um, through that and making a decision about what the fuck am I going to do with that? Because now, like, I'm still making digital content, but it's going on to OnlyFans. So there wasn't necessarily a need or a requirement for me to shut the drive down at that point, And I kept it going for people that had purchased on the platform. So then I was making the transition from OnlyFans to I Want Clips. So I had notified, you know, my customers on OnlyFans that I was making that transition But the difficulty was that I was transitioning to completely different types of content. So I was going from vanilla or general sort of stuff to niche fetish, you know, stuff that Mm -hmm. I already knew they weren't into specifically because, you know, my guys (laughs) on the platform and on OnlyFans were into just like normal stuff, right? Whatever normal is. But I was making this big, you know, move into like, I'm going to be a dominatrix and I'm going to do Findom and I'm going to do giantess and all that kind of stuff, right? So I didn't really have a strategy for that other than I had already decided I'm more or less saying goodbye to those guys because now I'm focusing on different customers, right? So at that point when I left OnlyFans, I was deciding that I wasn't going to do any of the typical digital content that I had been creating. And so then I had a big question mark over my G drive And I needed to, or I didn't need to, I chose to delete the whole thing because for me, I was stepping away from that and I didn't want to be participating in that anymore. I wanted to do this new stuff. And so my strategy, unfortunately, was just to not notify anybody and just to get rid of it. So that's why I had mentioned on my podcast, like I'm not advocating that that is a good thing for you to do. I feel like we should have a plan of action about what content, you know, have I made? Do I want to continue to make? Or am I just absolutely wiping the internet clean of everything I've ever done? You know, I don't want any passive income. I don't want any store anywhere. Um, And then build your decisions around that because each of us is going to be different and our reasons for leaving the industry might be different as well. So for somebody who maybe their partner has decided, I can't fucking cope with this anymore. I don't want you to do it. And that happens a lot in, in my group. It's happened quite a lot. Then, you know, you're going to make a decision that says, right, well, I'm just going to wipe everything, right? Whereas somebody that just decides, well, I'm going to move into like something alternative in this space might not do that. So, I mean, I don't know if that really answers the question, but what I'm trying to say is it kind of depends on your specific circumstances and what you have been selling up until this point. And, you know, if you're retiring completely or if you're moving into a different area, then you're going to have different things that you want to do around that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I really really resonated with how you 
turn to more high value clients because I'm sure the lower value is such an irritation if you're already borderline not happy with the creating process. Yep. And my least favorite thing to do is one-on-ones with customers, especially when I see them across the screen because I have post-traumatic stress from a guy like bringing in his dog and like out of nowhere. And it was like, I was probably 18 or like manipulating themselves in a, um, in something you didn't consent to see. Absolutely. (laughs) So for me, I was like, okay, I'll still, you know, 10 years later, I'll do these, but I'm going to triple my price for doing it. So I relate to that, but it made me think a lot about yesterday with the sock ordeal because money is such a huge motivator, but yeah. it can also cloud our judgment. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden you're in the game and you have these super high value clients, but then it becomes very fuzzy. You're not thinking about retirement. And, you know, we were kind of going through this yesterday and I was like, look, once it's posted, it's posted there forever. And I had a phase of making a lot of money on erotic bathroom content. Mm-hmm. And looking back, it's not worth the money for some, especially being more of a public figure now and someone sharing that would be fucking humiliating. And then I showed um, some of my employees like, look, when I was on my free cams, people are consistently streaming your live shows and saving them. And then these sites like in Russia are live streaming your show for free and you could hire a a PI and they could not get it taken down in that country. There's just no law for protection there. So I'm showing these live screen recordings from, again, I was 18 to my team and I was like, look, this is on the internet forever. This is me pre-boob job. Here's a screenshot of me with an ex-friend and that's going to live there forever. And now I'm at a point where... I'm okay with sharing that, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are in the midst of possibly having some cloudy judgment and not considering that. So it's a great place to be in when you are super empowered and making those choices where I do not give one single fuck if my future child, my future husband, future family members, neighbors see this shit. You have to get to that point where it's, I have no fucks to give, but what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with everything that you just said there. And, you know, just to give a real life example of that, I have moved into something new, um, a new business. It's in the real world, right? It's not an, it's not an online thing. And I was recently interviewed by somebody about it. And so, you know, we did the interview and it was great. And then she was like, so I'm just going to upload this interview onto our YouTube channel. And, you know, are you okay with that? And right through my mind, I was like, fucking hell. Here we are again. (laughs) What happens (laughs) if they upload that on their YouTube channel and some motherfucker, right, is out there and goes, I know who that is, right? And then comments on it. You know what I mean? So these are the kinds of things that, doesn't necessarily cross your mind like you say when you know it's like hey yeah of course I'll do that video like you know making loads of money it's great and all this and not realizing that five years down the line you're going to be shitting yourself because you're waiting for some Tom Dick or Harry or even worse like another seller to go I know her like her name's Dalma and she did this that and the other and then you're like fuck so you know not that that is necessarily going to happen and I have to sort of talk myself off the ledge with that but at the same time I don't know if I mentioned this in our previous interview when I was on Panty Deal a guy that I worked with that I was quite friendly with you know like five years earlier was on the fucking site right and he found me so these places it can be a really small world and so you know, it's possible. And so that's something that you do have to think about later down the line. Like, yeah, I'm not going to beat myself up for what I did and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But is there going to be a situation further down the line where you are shitting yourself that you're somehow going to be outed by somebody? And Elizabeth, if you don't mind me sharing another experience. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) We had written all these down for another show, but I I feel like this is the most important place to to share these moments. We Um, found where it fit in. Yes, we did. (laughs) (laughs) 
So A, like you said, there there are people out there who get off by like hurting other women, by blackmailing them, by humiliating them. So point blank, just like you said, if someone found you there, they might get off on making you uncomfortable. Yeah. So that led to me thinking when I was live on my free cams, God, I'm so happy I'm not camming anymore. (laughs) This guy said a word that triggered that he knew me in real life closely. So immediately my heart drops. I'm in an Airbnb alone. I'm fucking worst case scenario at this point. 22-ish, mm-hmm. still a baby. <laughs> and he's like telling me to show my tits, show my pussy. And if I don't, he'll do X, Y, and Z. Oh my so God. I'm literally in this Airbnb crying, showing my tits, just crying, scared to get off MFC. God forbid what he'll do. And then years later, I'm searching old usernames of me trying to find these Russian sites. So I'm well aware of what's on the internet. So no one has to show me down the road. And there I am. Good old video. Me fucking crying, having a panic attack while showing my little asshole. And what a, what a thing that could, it's just, it's probable maybe 1%, maybe 10%. Again, he got off on making me really uncomfortable and, Mm Uh, fast forward to last week, my assistant says, Hey, there's a guy in your OnlyFans messages sent me a video of you on YouTube, um, flexing your muscles when I did that, um, flexing niche. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just bad. It's just a 10, a one minute live stream copy of me walking around the house, double chin. The casual um, trying to not look like you're doing anything specific. Yeah, that's very obvious. Yeah, and the channel is called like sexy buff women. So I'm clearly being sexualized. So I contact YouTube. They don't fucking take it down. So then I'm like, okay, I know my free cams has a good DMCA takedown. So then I do a different way to file a complaint through the DMCA. And thank God they took it down because I couldn't contact the YouTube owner. They hadn't been on their account in six years. Oh my God. So like we made it a little, we have a win and loss board of the week. So we added it to the win board. Like, yay, we got it taken down. Thank God there's some DMCA rights, but they're so fucking wishy-washy. So I wasn't sure if you had, if that had triggered anything through your experience as a sex worker. I have very deliberately not looked up fucking my name and or on anything. Interesting. I know, yeah, and and I know that's probably not the best way to do it because yeah, if there was something, I could go down that route. Sellers in my group recently, well, one in particular had found some stuff on. I think it was called leaked or something, and so it's all apparently all of the content. But you have to download it. So I think most people would be like, mm, "This seems a bit fucking sus, right?" It's some kind of scam site. So it's not clear whether her pictures actually were on it, or you know, it's just being used as a as a scamming site sort of thing. No, I know if I go and look, <laughs> and please nobody that's ever listening to this, go and fucking look and then message me and go, I found stuff of you because I just don't want to fucking know, right? I just want to live in denial for the rest of my life that none mm. of my stuff <laughs> is on there because I'm the kind of person that will just have some major like apoplectic fucking breakdown or like just lose my shit. So yeah, I am definitely not the person to speak to about this, but I'm just like, no, I'm not going specifically looking for my stuff online because it will just send me into a, a spiral. No, I, I definitely understand that because clearly little little baby one over here just had her first sale yesterday, but thinking down the road, like I, I can only imagine that type of like anxiety that that could give because I feel like as soon as, soon as you decide, okay, I'm going to start looking, I'm going to start seeing what's out there, all of a sudden you're going to start rabbit holing. You're going to yeah. find this link, you're going to find this site, you're going to XYZ and like it, it is a whole process you have to commit to if you are going to go through and do the DMCA takedowns. And it's it's not just like a, a one-day project. Too. It's expensive. That is what I would be more likely to do. And so anyone listening to this that does this, feel free to contact me. I would be more likely to pay somebody to go and look and deal with anything that they found and not 
tell me what they find. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I like that. that that's where I would stand on it. Like just throw some money at it. Outsource it. Yeah. And if it's not, then you deal with it, get it taken down and then come back to me and go, we're clear. There are resources that will consistently you pay a monthly fee and they'll consistently find, I think they can like reverse search all your content and uh, like 99% rate of taking it down. I think that's something we should get That's something on. we should do. Let me write that down. Hey sluts, want to see my workout routine, skincare setup, my house tour, and more? Take a deeper dive into my life on my YouTube channel. I take you across the country on my thrift shop vlogs and share my therapy and medication journey. Most importantly, peep the Girl Boss Business playlist to enjoy hours of free information on starting your own empire. So come check me out on YouTube at youtube.com slash Anna D. So, so let's... Let's uh, talk about kids and family. I had this thought yesterday. I was going to post a question in my story. If you had no kids, no family at all, would you consider doing sex work? Because to me, those are like two of the biggest reasons people won't or potentially not getting another job. Um, So I was really curious just if people, if that's all that was holding them back. But were those three factors something you thought about before or now more? That's such a great question. I mean, obviously, I did involve myself in online sex work as a mother. Um, So it didn't hold me back. And, you know, my children are young. Okay, so that's different because I had a sailor in my group whose son was older, uh, like a teenager, and some, oh, I think she'd set up an Instagram account for her seller's account. And you know what fucking social media is like? It had like suggested her or linked her in some way. And so her son found out, um, you know, got to see this account or whatever. So that is all types of fucked up, right? And, and that's obviously a mistake that was never meant to happen. And, you know, that obviously put her off a great deal. And so it's certainly a concern if my children were older, well, the thing is, if my children were older, then I'd be a lot older. I don't know if I would still have the body to do this. But yeah, there are certainly plenty of sex workers that I've met over the years who have children, who have families, and it doesn't necessarily stop them, but it may stop them from doing certain things that, you know, other people with less to lose in that respect might not be as worried about. But the other thing as well is I think partners maybe are a bigger challenge than children are because obviously your partner will have certain ideas or, you know, opinions about what you do. So certainly I do know quite a number of sellers that have had to leave or stop because their partner has just become really uncomfortable with what they're doing or, you know, it started off well and it ended up the other way. So... Spring is in the air, lovelies, and with it comes a fresh wave of energy, blossoming flowers, and endless possibilities. But you know what puts an extra skip in my step? My fabulous partners at Viahemp. Trusted by a whopping 250,000 plus goddesses just like you, Viahemp's products are just like a magical wellness wand in a bottle. Feeling a bit frazzled after a hectic day? Cue the Via gummies for instant relaxation. Battling stress and anxiety? Don't worry, there's a gummy for that too. And for those intimate moments, Via has concocted something truly special. High Love Gummies, infused with pleasure-boosting cannabinoids, libido-reviving herbs, and just the right touch of THC, these gummies are your ticket to an electrifying experience between the sheets. But wait, there's more. Via offers an array of other gummies, with or without THC, catering to every goddess's needs. Whether you prefer a subtle 2mg dose or a bolder 50mg kick, Via has your back. From improving sleep to sharpening focus or aiding in recovery, there's a gummy for every occasion. And the cherry on top? You can easily browse and shop their collection online, categorized by strength and effect. And here's the best part, darling. Via ships discreetly to all 50 states, right to your doorstep. No medical card needed. So go ahead, indulge in a little self-care spree with Via Hemp, because you deserve nothing but the best, goddess. Head over to viahemp.com and use code goddess to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies 21 and up only that's viahemp 
V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com and use code goddess at checkout. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. Now back to the show. Yeah, it's a tricky one. It doesn't stop people, but I think it probably stops some people from doing some things. I definitely think anytime I hear the concept of like, oh, I had I had to stop doing this because my partner didn't want me doing it or like didn't I think that didn't let me is the mm. one that really like grinds my gears, which I totally understand. Clearly, like you want good open communication in a relationship, like you want to have conversations about it and whatnot. I don't know, just something about partners that aren't supportive at the like the base I think level. It's a red flag for the relationship. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you you made your sale and immediately I said, are, are you going to tell Will? Yeah. And I, I was like, I already read him the messages. <laughs> I was like, are you sure he enjoyed that? Yeah. I was like, it, it's fine. He knew it's also, I would say it's a conversation, um, especially clearly in the line of work I'm in right now and what surrounds me a conversation we've previously had of like, Hey, cause I think there was a, there was one point like two years ago where I like, I signed up, I made accounts. I had like, I secured an OnlyFans account and I just didn't, didn't do anything with it. Or I like, I put 10 pictures up on an Instagram and then didn't like do anything else. But it, it was already a conversation that we had kind of previously touched on. And then even, even though we had touched on it previously, it was still like a conversation like after it happened and or was in the middle of happening. I was like, are you, how do you feel about this? Like, are you still good? Does it make you uncomfortable? Like, do you not want me to tell you about it? And like, he's fine. Communication. Communication. And, and my partner doesn't, he is a-okay. It's paying some good bills, but he's like, I don't want to know any details. And like last week I had like a spit jar laying out just because you know, when you're spitting throughout the day, you you kind of have to like keep them throughout the house. <laughs> you gotta, and you he's go. like, can you not get your fucking nasty spit bottles around? And he is supportive though. You sent yeah. me a video last week where he was gathering your stuff, I guess, for you to take upstairs and he made sure to get your little foot peelings and put them in a little oh pile for God. you. That's love. That, no, that was a huge upgrade because... <laughs> I like I had been trying to put my foot peelings from the what are they called like a foot mask the, like the wax and then the mask Yeah, I've had them in plastic bags around the house and then I start drinking and leaving them on the couch <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like this is the one this is my guy definitely so what happens when your kids get older do you mean will I tell them about this I mean what what routes are there to navigate through well mm, no they're they're never going to hear about this from me i think my son potentially i mean like i said he's young but obviously occasionally i would be having a conversation with my husband and i might say panty deal or panty deal or you know whatever panties da, 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 da. and you know a couple of times he like kids aren't fucking stupid right and if I was wrapping up something to take to the post office, he might be like, oh, is that panties you're selling? Right? But he didn't understand. <laughs> right? He didn't understand what it was. Panty. <laughs> he's echoing things back, but he didn't know. So I don't know if he's holding on to some memories of that that he's going to ask me about when he's older and go, what, what were you selling? You know, because he knows about eBay. Like, obviously, I sell stuff on eBay and I'm like, oh, I'm sending off this jumper to somebody or whatever. So yeah, I hope there's nothing like lodged in that little brain. But no, I, I, it's not something that I'm going to tell them about. Yeah, I can't see any situation where I'd be like, right, so you know, mommy has a story to tell you about what I used to do when you were little. It, it, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> now, what, what do you think you would do if they get older and then they're like, mom? Mm -hmm. uh, I heard something or like somebody sent me a link to something to one, one of those sites that's out there. Well, especially <laughs> if you're not deliberately going to see that stuff, that's, that's where my question comes in too. If, if you're not hyper aware of like what could be found, I suppose. What could be out there. Yeah. I mean, and also remember, of course, like I continue to have my website panty selling school. So mm -hmm. if I haven't got rid of that. I'm still teaching on that so I guess you know from that from that perspective it's possible that you know because like obviously like I pay tax and stuff on on my businesses and 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 they're going to be like oh what is that yeah maybe there is a conversation that's going to come down the line but I would hope obviously that 
you know, they never stumble across something or get sent something. I guess I'm just going to have to handle it if it happens. I mean, it's not like I'm like, oh, my God, like, woe is me right. if anybody ever finds out what I did. I, I'm not going to, like, you know, <laughs> have a, a breakdown or anything. I don't want it to happen. But if it happens, you know, I'm okay with it. My husband was is okay with it. I don't want my dad to know, for fuck's sake, right? Like, I never want to have that conversation. But... Yeah, it, it's whatever happens, it, it happens. And, and I'll just have to, you know, deal with that. It's unsure of what the internet will change into and how our yeah. footprints are left there. Literally. Yeah. So <laughs> I, th- I think even myself, even not wanting kids and not giving two fucks what my family thinks, I think in the back of my head, it's just a natural thing with the job when you're vulnerably putting the... What, Everything out there. Yeah, something that's could some call sacred. I mean, it's absolutely sacred, but I think we kind of uh, put in different boxes of what is work and what's not. Yeah. So you mentioned keeping the panty selling school active. What's going to happen with your podcast and also your SW Rolodex, which was a platform that sex workers could find contractors to help build their S-work Do business. some freelance work, create banners, site work, stuff like that. Yes. So the Panty Selling School will continue with the trainings. And I still have my group that I'm active in. So, you know, I, I really enjoy that community side of things. The SW Rolodex has sold to a fantastic uh, woman, Merrick. Um, she is going to be taking over literally in the next few days. So we'll have like a, a joint time running it obviously just to get her on board with everything but she has some great ideas for really taking it to the next level which is what it needs um and i'm so delighted that that she's going to do that so yeah that's exciting and yeah that that's kind of where i'm at with that i i can't imagine i suppose like leaving online sex work was sad in a way right it was like oh okay the end of an era if I were to, you know, close down Panty Selling School and, and the podcast has actually finished because I feel like I've had every conversation there is to have about selling or items online, I think I would feel like even sadder because that really has been an absolute labor of love. Like I've enjoyed every fucking second of that. Like I've, you know, just loved talking to other sellers and helping them and stuff like that. So I'm not ready to say goodbye to that yet. Um, And I don't know when that will be. But for now, yeah, I'm just keeping on with that. Makes sense. So yesterday we put up on our story, uh, mentioned again that we were going to have the wonderful opportunity to sit down behind the mic and interview you again. And we asked our sluts what were some of their like top questions that they would want to ask or want to know. And I think the the overwhelmingly one that was mentioned the most times had to do with did you have savings goals or like saving goals you had put in place to make your exit or like before you felt secure enough to make your exit or even how you were managing your money and like budgeting with the thought process of okay I'm it, it's here it's done this is how I'm gonna exit and leave and still like be secure and maintain what I've got? That is a really great question. So when I got into this work, like the whole reason I started selling panties at all was because we were in a bit of a fix uh, financially. It was a short-term situation. It was only ever going to be a short-term situation. It's such a long, boring story. I I won't go into it. But it was a six-month gap in... Uh, finances that needed to be filled. And so I decided that I was going to fill that with panty selling. I only ever had to do it for six months anyway. But then when it got to the sixth month, or obviously well before that, when I was starting to make money, you know, in sort of like month two and three and four, I found that I enjoyed it so much that I continued doing it. So even after the point where I didn't have to do it, right, as in like, oh, this is an urgent requirement for a cash injection, I enjoyed it and I enjoyed the money. And so I kept doing it. And then when I moved on to I Want Clips, the like you said uh, earlier, the return on investment was much 
greater compared to panty selling, right? Because all I had to do, you know, all I had to do was hire Airbnbs, go and make an absolute fuck ton of content and then upload it and wait for, you know, the money to sort of roll in. And so I found that just worked so well for me. I didn't ever have a budget or like a, a goal that I was aiming for. Like I was always trying to top whatever I had made, you know, the best month ever. Like I was always trying to go above that. But I am in a very fortunate position that I don't actually have to work. But also on top of that, I have a number of other sort of online and now real world endeavors where I have money coming in from multiple streams. So the sex work, you know, for me was only mostly ever out of fun um, and the money was great, but it wasn't something that I had to rely on to exist. So I'm in a really fortunate position from that perspective. But certainly it is definitely a huge thing for a lot of people. Like if you're going to give this up and you've, you know, like because what tends to happen is sellers get into it and then there comes a point where they decide to like really go for it and it's like fuck I'm going to actually try and replace my full-time job or my part-time job and do this instead and so they take it to the the next level but then you always or you know if you were thinking properly have your exit plan already sort of in your mind at that point right because we all sort of like fall into it without thinking about how am I going to fall out of it so you'll know what your income Uh, capability is you know how much time you can devote to this and then what are you going to replace that with if you have to stop for whatever reason right and there's lots of different reasons so it's not necessarily a decision that can be taken lightly and I might sound very blase about it because I was like well I just fucking woke up one morning and I didn't want to do it anymore so I didn't because I don't have to rely on that cash so I don't want it to come across as if you know, like, oh, well, I never had to think about it. So it's fine. Of course, you have to think about what you're going to, how you're going to replace that. And, you know, if you want an exit strategy, then of course, any income that you make, you want to be putting aside a certain amount of that to help, you know, ease the the exit. So what would you suggest to sex workers to consider transitioning to post sex work? Good question. It's not really advice that I feel like I can give because everybody's situation is different again I think it depends what you're doing Mm -hmm. you know and and what you enjoy as well because you know if you make that transition from stripping to digital content then you might find that actually you know that gives you longevity in the industry because actually it takes away a lot of the things that weren't working for you or vice versa Mm -hmm. But also we need to think about the future of sex work. And I think that that would be such an awesome podcast to do because I've touched on certain aspects of it. But thinking about the fact that OnlyFans has become this sort of household name, right? And that the market essentially has flooded necessarily with lots of new people, you know, and then the continued fucking problem of trying to accept payments you know out with these providers that take fucking 40 percent or 20 percent or whatever and how you know paypal for example right and i know we shouldn't be using them and obviously i don't recommend that you do that they're clamping down so hard and even sites like buy me a coffee that was being used you know they're now starting to clamp down hard so we have these um ever-changing situations that we have to deal with and that is also going to have an effect on our longevity in the industry and what that's going to look like even a year from now or two years from now you know will we have to start moving more down the crypto route and what's that going to look like you know Mm -hmm. is is a site like OnlyFans even going to exist next year because things can change on a dime right and you know when OnlyFans had their fucking debacle last year which I definitely think was a PR stunt um, you know, like it just shows you in 40 hours, the whole situation can change. And so I've always said, you know, my advice as an old woman is that you want to have multiple streams of income working for you. And I would be aiming for minimum two, ideally three or four, so that when something gives way, which, you know, inevitably does, that you have other things to fall back on. So that would be my advice. Start opening up 
different levels of, of income streams. Definitely putting your eggs in different baskets is, I think, essential for this, especially yeah. with how quickly we realized OnlyFans was going to just wipe us all out. Yeah. Do you have any websites off the top of your head that you'd like to share that some listeners may not be quite aware of? In this industry, I, well, unfortunately, I want clips, which honestly, I could just, I love them so much. Like, not only did I make a lot of money and I just loved the whole functionality of the site, the support team were fucking amazing. Unfortunately, I've been told that they're no longer accepting applications right now. Like, they have a, a waiting list or something for people to join. So, that's a real annoying, that's really annoying. But yeah, again, it comes down to preference because for me, I moved into the clip sites because they worked for me and my life and my situation and stuff. But I do genuinely feel for a return on investment, clip sites are really where it's at. I also like the selling your uh, Google Drive for a flat price. I do know that I use Mediafire. I'm not sure if the Google policy could could wipe out the account or not, but um, yeah. With selling that, do you have any suggestions as far as pricing goes? Because there there could be someone that hasn't even thought of that window of opportunity. I still haven't done it because I'm just like, ah, so much content for a, a discounted price. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. G Drive is the one that most people tend to use, but it is against Google's terms of service. Apparently, OneDrive is a better option, but also Mediafire, like you mentioned, is also a really popular one. I've done entire podcast episodes solely on G Drive. Um, so there's a lot to cover there. I know it doesn't seem like that would be such a huge topic, but it really is. But you don't necessarily just have to have one drive. You could have different drives, like you could mm-hmm. have, you know, a foot drive or a, a panties drive or, or, you know, anything so that you could actually, you know, not just have one. And then you could have one glorious one that just has thousands of like pictures and videos in it. But that just starts to get a little bit ridiculous. But yeah, I would, it depends on what content is in there. And then of course you could do like drive deals where there's a new item of content added every week. So it's kind of functioning sort of like a really shit OnlyFans, except you're <laughs> completely in control and obviously not having to pay the cut, but where, you know, you are just uploading something every day or every week. Like for me, when I did my G drive, they got a brand new video every Friday um, and that was like sort of generic content, but you could have different themes um, and, you know, obviously you would then market them different to different people. Um, but yeah, I, it sounds like a bit of a cop out, but if you listen to my podcast episodes specifically on G drives, you'll get like way more information than I could cover here. Okay. So finally to wrap everything up, we kind of just want to touch on after after your years in this industry and before you retire, what are some of the top pieces of advice or information you want to leave with, especially like new sex workers in the community, the ones that are are finding their way, learning really how to get in here, do things safely, do things the most effectively like what would you want them to consider throughout their journey? Because after listening to your last episode, it got me considering a few things. <laughs> the queen of I don't give a fuck was like, oh, maybe I do give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people come into the industry on the back of, you know, maybe seeing things online on social media and, you know, a bit like myself as well. Like I read about it in a blog and I jumped straight in. And I really didn't know what I was doing. And I made a lot of stupid fucking mistakes. Um, you know, like having my, what you call metadata on my pictures. And, you know, one of my customers going, I know where you fucking live, right? But not in a, not in a weird, horrible way, right? Thankfully. How do we, how do we secure not having the metadata? Well, so first of all, you should really have your location settings switched off on your phone in general, but more definitely when you're taking, you know, naughty images with your phone or videos or things like that. But there are also apps, EXIF apps, um, that will remove that data from any images. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Like really basic security information that I'm going to say, you know, 80 to 90% of 
sellers coming into this don't know about. Um, and so they're putting themselves at risk. But also understanding that on these platforms, unfortunately, there's a very small percentage of, well, fortunately, it's a small percentage, but unfortunately, there are guys on there who are just a little bit fucked up and will, you know, fuck you up for kicks, you know, like what we were talking about earlier and just being aware of that. And so I feel like the number one thing is to join a community of sellers who can help you navigate through the hardest part of this, which is the first few weeks, I'm going to say, like you'll learn the most very, very quickly, you know, because if you can gain their experience, then that's only going to stand you in good stead for what you're going to do. But just to be prepared that at some point, you probably will come up against just not a very nice person. And, you know, how do you feel about that? Like, are you the kind of person that takes things really um badly you know or do you have low self-esteem sometimes and are you likely to compare yourself to other women and feel bad about yourself and all that kind of stuff like it really can come out in this work and so it's not for everyone like it definitely isn't but yeah I'd say community is the number one thing that you want to to join otherwise you know your longevity is going to be curtailed shall we say Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah for me community was the main thing that kept me going when I was having like a shitty day or a shitty experience I also wanted to touch on the you said keeping locations off especially in these apps social apps TikTok Snapchat Instagram they automatically toggle that your contacts and your phone can find you so let's all take a moment to untoggle that or Google how to because even yesterday we were talking about branding usernames and sometimes you just tap through notifications you're like okay whatever and then all of a sudden you know your ex follows you yeah (laughs) or your ex wants revenge and sends it to your dad (laughs) yeah that that the phone definitely can be your downfall because that is the reason why I said earlier that women's son was able to find her was because Mm -hmm. Instagram's fucking suggesting it because it knows there's a connection there right But yeah, the other thing that I wanted to say a few questions ago talking about, you know, risks and things like that is obviously not everybody shows their face. And I'm going to say that the majority come into this and go, I'm not going to show my face, right? Because Mm -hmm. we all intrinsically understand that as soon as our face is out there, that is game changing, right? In terms of risk and in terms of these things coming back to haunt you at a later time. What can happen is that sellers, they begin and they don't show face. And then there comes a point where they're like, oh, this is okay. Actually, I'm going to start showing face. And if I do, I'm going to earn more money and blah, 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 blah. But just to really, really sit down and think about that before you make that decision, because that really is when you open a door that cannot be closed again, right? So there are sellers that are just like, nope, it doesn't matter what I get offered or how much I get hassled. I'm never, ever, ever showing face. And then there are ones that just kind of go, actually, is it a big deal? You know, but that is the main thing because yeah, once once you've done that, you can't go back. Yeah, we had a model we interviewed, very, very top 0.01%. And I saw her on Twitter yesterday, she's like, some Reddit thread is trying to say that this picture of me with a face is me. Like, she's an Anon creator. She doesn't show her face. And she's like, people are trying to find me. And mm-hmm. there's a thread about who I am. And that's not even me. Yeah. So there is that potential of people noticing things in the background, Yeah. things on your body, that's definitely scary. And that's why when I started, I would intentionally wear clothes that covered my tattoos and, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe put on a wig if I didn't, you know, if I wanted to show my face, but not, some people may not realize you might become a very famous, prominent creator. And you don't know that at the beginning. So some of your beginners content will float right there with you. So just expect if you go viral, if you get out there more, anticipate what you would do if, if people, you know, search for you. Yeah. I think another good thing to think of just as a blanket statement is, is always double checking your content before you use it. Be that your sex work content, be that what you're putting up on your TikTok. like make sure that your, your surroundings don't give away pertinent information. 
honestly, the first time that I actually got in touch with Anna was because she had thrown up a TikTok one day about some like, I, I don't even remember, it was like water bottles or spoons or something she had on Amazon, but her her address flashed up on the screen for a second. And I was like, well, fuck, <laughs> she doesn't need to have that up there. So I DM'd her and like, that didn't work because, you know, she's getting flooded with DMs every day. Yeah. Um, so then I started to think, I was like, okay, well, money motivates her. So I sent this bitch five different cash apps <laughs> for like a dollar. And I was like, hey, just trying to help. Your address is on TikTok. Take that video down. Safety concern. But like just always double checking your content and making mm-hmm. sure everything in the background that you're showing off, you don't have like papers sitting on the table in front of you with your address, just always double check and make sure you are ready to post or send what you are, you're doing. And you can also block States on OnlyFans. I just Googled it. Um, same with my free cam. So go ahead, block your whole motherfucking state, block Block the whole East coast bitch. They don't need it. I did that for, I want clips. You can do that as well. And I am blocked my town and um, because here's the thing as well i had obviously mentioned on podcasts and things like that hey i hire airbnbs and you know go and create create content but you know if anyone wanted to i'm sure it would be possible to do quick searches to find you know because i was aiming for airbnbs that had very specific features right like cool as fuck backgrounds right or cool furniture and things like that like, how much, you know, would it take to just sit and go, well, I know Dama lives in Scotland, right? So let's just try Airbnb and see if we can find these places. And then, like, who the fuck knows? Like, someone try and contact that Airbnb and go, did you know that you just had this person there and they were making, like, sexual content? Like, honestly, you don't know how bored and fucked up people are to do shit like that. So even just being, you know secure around things like that and not telling people like oh i'm at an airbnb this weekend right or something like that yeah you you have to think ahead and i have had sellers in my group go fucking hell i recorded a video and i didn't realize like uh you know a photograph or a certificate or something was in the background um so yeah be really really secure with things like that yeah, and that could get your whole Airbnb account taken down. Or, I mean, there's a girl who went to a hotel and the hotel removed her after they they knew what, you know, content. But Yeah, I don't even, I think with that story, she wasn't even there creating content. Yeah. It was yeah. just that she was, she was a content creator, but yeah. they were just there for like a party. Yeah, I know. That's how fucked up things are getting now. It's ridiculous. Well, aside from fucked up things, you are just a dream come true. It, it was, it's an honor, always an honor to have you on the show and leaving your beautiful, sexy footprint on the Sletchpreneur podcast. Thank you. And meeting Elizabeth. You're our first double interview. Yes, you are my first interview. Oh, so do you have any, any words of wisdom to leave everyone or just some love? Yeah, I just I want to be clear, like in case I've come across as like, oh, sex work is like really scary and and, and you shouldn't do it and, and you'll regret it and all that. Like, I'm absolutely not saying that at all. I just wanted to open up that conversation and invite people to sort of think about, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, absolutely enjoy what you're doing especially if you feel empowered by it, especially if it's paying your bills, especially if, you know, it's even boosting your relationship or your relationship with yourself or all this kind of stuff. Like there's so much good to come out of this work as well. Like I'm not a Debbie Downer. I had a great time. I met so many fucking amazing women in this work. It's unbelievable. And I will never regret that. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful to you as well for being an absolute beacon in this industry and such a good, oh. <laughs> yeah, just like a great role model. And, and I think it's great that people like you exist and people like me and people like all of us, but you know, yeah, just keep on keeping on. We're, we're important because we, we dive into the hard conversations, especially with how glamorized TikTok has made sex workers. So yeah. Yeah. definitely. And everyone go listen to the other episodes with Dalma. If uh, you want to get some lighthearted empowerment and, you know, she's, I, we dub her the queen of panty selling before I even got viral with weird things. I sell 
thanks to Dalma, she paved the way for for us. And thank so thank you for being on the show. Thank you. So just was glad to have you back. And also know, even though even though you're retiring, the big word, you always have a spot here on the podcast. If there's anything you you just want to get off your chest, you're like, hey, I should have told all these sluts about this. You are always welcome back. And we are just a message away. Thank you. Well, I do think we should do some kind of like future of sex work idea like or summit or something like that like you know just thinking about the direction that we want to go in and how we can shape it rather than be molded by these you know corporate entities that don't actually give a fuck about us or what you know our needs and stuff like that so yeah taking the control back over no I I love that and I'd also love to be able to check back in once you you've been retired for a little bit you've you've gotten to get into your new grooves with your new businesses and the new things you have coming up and see like where your thoughts travel to and where you're at once you have been out for a little bit. And when we're on a board of directors, because we will have a foundation to fight the big man and create yeah. a new space that's fair. We're going to fight the law. We we got our whole lives ahead of us to make a change and leave an even bigger footprint behind. Yep. Besides our fucking titties on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go with they fucked us, so we'll we're fuck them. them. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, we love you and we will talk to you soon, Queen. Bye. Bye, guys. All right, sluts. It's the end of the show, so it's time to plug ourselves and pay some bills. So lube up. If you want to keep the show going and learn more about me and the team it takes to run this empire, you can check more out at professionalgoddess.com. My YouTubes, all my books, they're linked in the description of this episode. Want to send us love notes, have questions, or want to collab? Send us a message at management at professionalgoddess.com. And remember, every time you leave a five-star review, a unicorn has an orgasm. So keep the big O's coming. If you want to check out our socials, you can find the Slutrepreneur Podcast on Instagram. Connect with me on Insta at Miss Mothership and on TikTok at Rebecca Blue and at Weird Things I Sell. And connect with me on Insta at Strictly Biz Liz and Mostly Biz Liz on TikTok. We also have an X-rated Discord chat to connect with other sluts in the industry. DM us at Slutrepreneur on Insta to get the invite link. Lastly, if you want to get all up inside me, follow my free OnlyFans at Rebecca Blue and my explicit page at Rebecca Rabbit. Thanks for listening. We love you so much. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, refuse to be anything but successful. So go make that money, honey. We'll see you next time, queens. Bye. Bye.